Good morning, Paul. Are we still on vacation? I'm still on vacation. Yeah, I'm okay, loving it. Okay, great. Well, in that case, let's run the Tufted Titmouse as a cat mix episode. Yes, I love this episode. I hope everyone enjoys it. You're listening to Do You Hear That? A podcast about birds, hosted by No appointment in about two hours but for the last two weeks i've been eating Rivers originals those little like caramel candies but when i eat those i just like to like crunch down on them and literally i've eaten two bags oh, whoa 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 wait a second paul 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 do you hear that do you hear that what is that it's a really sweet sounding bird it is sweet it sounds like the beginning of spring to me yeah there it is. What is that? That is the tufted titmouse. The tufted titmouse. That's a funny name. It is a funny name. There's something both about the word titmouse and tufted. Yeah. You know, looking at this bird, it, the name makes sense for some reason. It's got a tufted titmouse. Yeah. It's kind of got a mousy look to it. Yeah. And that that tuft. Yeah. But hold on. I need to say the scientific name for people who only follow this podcast for the science. Yeah, that is like 70% of our audience. Yeah, exactly. They need to know just because they went to school and they studied all of these birds and right. tufted titmouse means nothing to them. They need to hear the scientific name, which is Baolophus bicolor. Bicolor? Baolophus. Do you know what that translates to? Yeah. Um, no. I mean, well, so th- I think that says more, the bicolor says more about the bird than the tufted titmouse. But does bicolor mean two colors? Yeah, and there's kind of three colors, but maybe white doesn't count as a color. Yeah. Hmm. There's four colors, actually. Yeah, there's some black on there, too. Yeah, black, white, blue, and orange. Yeah. Uh, according to Wikipedia, yeah. that name, the first one, Baeolophus translates to small crested. Ah, it's a better name. And then bicolor just means two colors. Which that's odd because there's more than two colors going on here. I think the black and white aren't considered colors. Okay, so just the. You're calling that blue, not gray? Well, blue gray, yeah. Like, I guess there's like a blue French bulldog. Let's get into it. Describe the bird. This bird is one of the cutest birds we've ever seen. Totally. Its little crest is so cute, and it has the tiniest beak I've ever seen on a bird, I swear. It's so small. Yeah, it's a tiny bird. The smallest a bird can get. It's bigger than the chipping sparrow. Oh, really? But it's in that size area, which is small. It's small. Super small. Yeah. But it just like has these big eyes that make it look, I think, extra cute. It looks like it's just like a little guy, like, jumping around. Yeah. And I really like the colors on this bird. Yeah. The scheme. The gray is sort of like a nice slate gray. Exactly, and that's what has a little blue in it, so depending on the light. I like calling it blue, even though it is gray. It's, it's blue. This bird, similar to the great crested flycatcher, has a almost perfect gradient in its feathers. Right. As it changes colors. It's so fascinating how that happens. 
things because if you can imagine how each feather, if you were to pluck them, yeah. they would all be slightly different, but they all work so perfectly to create this pattern. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it has a little black patch right above its beak, sort of in between its eyes. And I read somewhere that this bird used to be called the black crested titmouse, or maybe there's another bird called that. Oh, there is another bird called that, which I've never seen. They've hybridized or something. Right. And now they're considered two species. Wow. It's a little complicated. I think I was reading that and I just skipped it. Yeah, because it was too hard to understand. Yeah. This bird can be found anywhere on the East Coast from all the way down in Florida, maybe not quite as far as Miami, maybe it stops at like West Palm Beach, and then goes all the way up to the border of Canada, but really doesn't even go into Canada at all. It is like almost an entirely American bird. And it doesn't migrate. Yeah, it doesn't migrate. So yeah. I see this bird all year round, although it gets quiet in the winter. I don't know what they do. Maybe they do go a little a ways, because I don't hear them, but that sound, that that sound we were hearing, and we're hearing it right now, it goes like, Peter, Peter, Peter. Mm -hmm. Peter, Peter, Peter. And that sound in the, in the spring, it's one of the first birds you really start to hear, and you're like, it's coming. Wow. Winter is almost done. It's very nice, and hangs around, always at the feeders, around the feeder at my house. But then it just, it bounces for a bit. I didn't see it, and only just a few days ago, I was hearing it again. And it came back. So maybe maybe that's during the time when they're just nesting or something. Mm -hmm. That's why they split for a bit. But yeah, that's, that's, that's all I have to say about that. I like this little call. I read that it will whistle that Peter, Peter, Peter 20 different ways. Right. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah, this is a bird where you hear it so much because it is super common, especially where I am, that you'll hear the sound and you're like, I know that bird. And then you use your Merlin ID sound app and you're like, oh yes, of course it's a tufted titmouse. But it has a bunch of different sounds. You might remember that Peter, 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 but then they have another call and another one. So they can confuse you. It's not like the indigo bunting, which was hanging around here for a while, which is only does that one thing. Maybe it has another call sometimes, like flying or something, mm -hmm. but there's only just one sound. Right. This one has a whole suite of musical numbers that it can perform and trick you with. That is impressive, and it is called a songbird. Yeah, it does sing those songs. It nests in uh, trees, by the way. That's cool. Yeah, it likes to go in holes in trees, which when I was reading something about this, they were like, this is why you shouldn't cut down dead trees. Oh, wow. Because there's birds living in there. Exactly. They're taking away their homes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another reason why we shouldn't be killing the world. Yeah, you just gotta let nature do its thing. But we are nature. Are we nature? I think that we aren't anymore. Or maybe we are. Hmm. That's an interesting debate. Because if, if we're just gonna let nature do its thing, then we just gotta do our thing. Yeah. And if that tree is going to fall on my house, whose house is more important? I think the tufted titmouse is more important. Fair. I mean, look at this little guy. One fact that was amusing to me is what this bird eats. It eats a lot of things, berries, nuts, seeds, small fruits, insects. But it especially loves caterpillars. Oh, wow. That's a hot take. 
And again, I'm wondering, like, how many people have seen the Tufts of Fit Mouse eating caterpillars where they were like, we should add this to the Wikipedia page. They love caterpillars. Who doesn't, really? <laughs> Did you know that there is an animated production house called Titmouse? No, I didn't know that. This is the first time I've ever even heard that word, Titmouse, was I had a friend who's a motion graphics guy, mm-hmm. and he got a job at Titmouse, and he's like, I got a job at Titmouse. So I always just thought Titmouse was just the name of some cartoon company. They make the show Metalocalypse. Oh, Metalocalypse? Yeah. Nice. A bunch of shows. It's a big thing. And in their logo, in the O, the negative space of the O is a Titmouse bird. Wow, that's cool. I wonder what the story is there. Like, are they big birders? Big bird fan. You'd be surprised how many people are sort of secret bird watchers or something. You'll meet people who just don't care about birds at all. Yeah. They think every bird's a crow or a pigeon. Right, right, right. And then you have some, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've been birding with my grandfather since I was born, and he gave me his binoculars. That would be amazing. I wish I had binoculars. Yeah, maybe we should buy binoculars. Should we add them to the store, the merch store? Oh, yeah, the official branded, do you hear that, goggles? We could just have our faces, like, in the glass, so that when you look through, there's always an obstruction. Or it's the eye cover, the cups that cover it. Yeah, yeah. On the left is you, and on the right. Um, subscribe to the Patreon for more great merch. Super fun fact, my favorite fun fact. How old does the titmouse live? Well, one was found that was at least 13 years, 3 months old. Wow. It was banded in Virginia in 1962 and found in the same state in 1974. See, that's like a 40-year-old fact that nobody has bothered to update. This seems to be a trend. Maybe the birds are just not staying around for that long. Maybe they banded one, and it's like, right now it's like 15 years old, and it just hasn't died yet. Oh, they're waiting. Because aren't all of those facts, like, they say how old it was when it died? Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe there was just a big gap of time where we weren't doing that, and now we're doing it again, and we're just waiting. And there's going to be a big update. It would be nice to know how old it is now. Like, let us know when it was banded, and then we can do the math and figure it out. Right. You'd be like, it's at least 10 years old. Yeah, exactly, yeah. The tufted titmouse often line the inner cup of their nest with hair, sometimes plucked directly from living animals. So, you know, raccoons, opossums, mice, even humans. Sometimes uh, I'll brush my cat and get a lot of fur off, and I don't throw it away. I throw it outside and hope that an animal will use it for their nest. That's really, really sweet of you. Thank you. Does your cat listen to the podcast? You know, I haven't put it on for her, but we were thinking about doing a cat mix. Yeah, I've heard a lot of cats love the show, and I think the cat mix would be a good idea. For the audience that may be confused about what the cat mix is, it's the same show, it's just our voices are at the volume of the bird sounds, and the bird sounds are at the volume of our voices. So it's just primarily bird sounds with two guys talking in the background. Right, so you just cue it up for the whole day that you're out. Yeah, and play it for your cat. Do you think that would be good? I feel like maybe there's some torture element involved there. (laughs) I'm conflicted about this. Uh, I think it would be so stimulating for the cats because they would have no idea where these bird sounds are coming from. And maybe they figure out it's coming from the speaker or phone or something. But there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, that's scary. Imagine being a human in that circumstance. Um, You're locked in a house. You can't get out. (laughs) 
There is a sound of human voices playing that you don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm sure it'll be huge. Yeah, I think we should do it, yeah. Because my mom's cat, like the cat I grew up with, he'll listen to the show with her. He just sits there and, and listens. Wow. And Julia's cat is the same thing. That's so cool. Because it's the bird sounds, and cats love birds. They estimate there are approximately 8 million tufted kidnasses in the United States. That's a lot. Millions. There's more birds than people. That is scary. What if one day the birds revolted against the people? I think that might happen. Starting with the geese. The geese, for sure. They've been laying the plans for a while now. Yeah. The geese. What other bird would, would be, like, ahead of that? I recently saw something on Twitter. I, I think it was, like, a, a totally false article, but it was an interesting idea that there was some crow or something that's figured out how to, like, Oh yeah, crows are great. They remember faces, and if you wrong them, they will fight with you. That's terrifying. But if you write them, they will bring you gifts. Wow. I've tried to befriend crows. They're tough, but I'm working on it. Wow. I love crows. We'll definitely do the crow eventually. How do you befriend a crow? You give them food. Oh. It's just all about food. Oh. Well, I'm excited for that crow episode. So let's do it. Let's uh, let's do it. Let's put the Tufty Tit Mouse up on the five Peter scale. I gotta give it a five. Five Peters. Five Peters. I agree. It's a five Peter bird. Wait, there was one fact that I wanted to say. Okay, what is it? The Tufty Tit Mouse demonstrates curiosity regarding humans and will sometimes perch on a window ledge and just look into someone's house. Mm. Has that ever happened to you? I don't think so. Oh, well, it happens to a lot of people enough that they posted about it on Wikipedia. Yeah, you know, anyone can edit this website, right? Wait, really? I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Did you hear that? It's hosted by Noah Cleaner and Paula Omar. Edited and engineered by Paula. Music also by Paula. Noah last spotted a tough to tip mouse on May 6, 2022. Follow us on Twitter at the best bird pod support the show on patreon at patreon.com forward slash do you hear that episode art images sourced from the library of congress ambient bird sounds by noah Lena, and additional bird sounds from macaulaylibrary.org